And now I will introduce today's guest. The timing of Richard Petty's visit to the Canadian Club of Toronto couldn't be better. The temperature outside has started to dip just a bit. And though any day now the leaves will start falling, our leaves will be rising to the challenge of a new season and a victorious one, according to Mr. Burke. Not to be outdone, Mr. Colangelo has outlawed energy bars and all other snacks from the Raptors training program. Come October 6th, they'll be one hungry team. Let's not forget the other big game in town, a very competitive and interesting mayoral race. Relevant to us today because our guest has thrown his hat into the ring, not as a candidate, but as a, as a city builder with a lot to say about our future. Luckily for Toronto, Richard Petty is an ambitious man, someone who sees problems, situations, and opportunities in new or different ways, and in doing so drives progress and change. By his fifth year as president and CEO at Skydome, his organization had hosted more than 1,000 events and 29 million guests, and had been chosen stadium, stadium of the Year for four consecutive years by several sports and entertainment industry publications. Richard was also one of those chiefly, chiefly responsible for bringing professional basketball to the great city of Toronto. He became president of the Raptors in 1996, making good on a dream he'd had growing up in Windsor, Ontario. Since becoming president and CEO of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, he has tripled its value and made the Toronto Maple Leafs one of the most valuable franchises in the National Hockey League. And of course, we cannot forget the addition of the Toronto FC and BMO Field to our sporting and entertainment landscape. But Richard Petty's vision extends beyond professional sports. He has made direct community involvement and betterment a part of the culture at MLSE. Look no further than the MLSE Team Up Foundation, whose mission is to improve the lives of youth by building facilities, uh, giving to sustainable programs, and empowering youth through sports and recreation. Today, Mr. Petty joins us to share his thoughts on how our city can live up to its full potential. Please welcome the President and CEO of Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment, Mr. Richard Petty. Thank you very much, Nick. And thank you to TD Securities for sponsoring today's speaking engagement. Uh, TD has been a long-term partner of Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment. We appreciate their active support of our teams and, importantly, our initiatives in the community. Again, thanks, TD. I love living in Toronto. I was raised in Windsor, but Toronto became my adopted home over 40 years ago. Over my 40 years, I have run thousands of miles on city streets, immensely enjoyed its restaurants and retail, invested in numerous homes, took advantage of its waterfront and its parks, and marveled as it changed from a homogeneous populace to one that reflects the diversity of the world. Toronto is a really great city. But as I travel internationally, and as I observe the political and administrative going-ons in the city, I wish for much more for Toronto, much more. On October 25th, the citizens of Toronto face an important decision, a decision that will affect the fortunes of the city and its citizens for years to come. 
The choice of the 64th Mayor of Toronto is a critical one, but also is the choice of the 44 councillors who will work with the Mayor is equally critical to hopefully, importantly, move Toronto forward in a strategic, innovative, world-leading fashion. Because what happens politically in Toronto is in some ways even more important than what happens at Queen's Park or in Ottawa. From policing to transit to garbage collection, all of our lives are impacted on a daily basis by municipal politics. Also, what tourists and business people experience and see while visiting Toronto helps shape our international reputation and therefore positively or negatively impacts city coffers financially affected by business investments and tourist dollars. Now, a great city hall team will make a positive difference to the city. However, an average or poor city hall leadership team will definitely make a negative difference. So you, all of us in this room, and approximately 1.5 million other potential voters have an important choice 40 days from now. But unfortunately, the majority of Torontonians either don't realize the importance of their vote, don't care, or don't believe that their vote will matter. You see, in the last election, only 39.3% of the populace actually took the time to vote. And if you think that was a vote, a, a fluke, only 38.3% voted in a municipal election just before that. So when you realize that the winning candidate for mayor of Toronto, who, who might only receive 30% of the vote, it means he or she could have the support of only one in eight Torontonians. I know I will vote on October 25th, and by putting my speech, this speech, on our company intranet site, I will encourage the 660 full-time Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment employees to vote as well. However, like about 33%, if you believe the polls of Torontonians, I'm not completely sure of who I'm going to vote for on the 25th. But I do have a scorecard to mark them on, to help me make a decision. First of all, I want a leader, not a manager. Managers manage what's already been created. Leaders create something new. And I want a city hall team that has a crystal clear vision of the, what they want Toronto to be. The former president of Notre Dame University said it best. The very essence of leadership is to have a vision. It's got to be a vision that the leader articulates clearly and forcefully on every occasion. You can't blow an uncertain trumpet. Amen, Father. But what exactly is a vision? Well, it's a view of something seen, something possible, something seen in a dream even. It's a stretching, guiding, reinforcing statement of intent and commitment. And it needs to be rock solid. It can't, can't drift with the tactical issues of the day or the fashions of the day. And it has to be the way the mayor, the council, the bureaucrats, the city employees think, talk, walk every day in every way. Unfortunately, in listening to the five major candidates for mayor, I don't hear or begin to understand their long-term vision for Toronto. I hear lots of short-term tactics like freezing taxes for a year, cutting costs, but those aren't compelling. They don't get me inspired and pumped about Toronto's future. I applaud the work Mayor Miller's Economic Competitiveness Advisory Committee did three years ago, and I will refer to them a number of times in this speech. The committee addressed many issues and opportunities, and importantly, they took a crack at a vision statement 
for Toronto. But unfortunately, it was 88 words long, far too long to be inspirational or memorable. So a clear and compelling vision will go a long way to getting my vote. What else? Well, what else do I want to see from my mayor and our council members? I strongly believe in author and teacher Noel Tishy's four leadership pillars, ideas. Ideas that are new and modern and will go a long way to making Toronto a truly world-class city. Strong personal values, deeply embedded values that he or she lives up to all the time. Energy. The winning candidate needs to possess high personal energy. It's a demanding 24-7 job. And the individual needs to use that energy to create positive emotional energy in others that will help get rid of bureaucracy and stretch people beyond what they think they can accomplish. And finally, edge. An individual that is going to make tough decisions in a timely fashion. The new mayor and his or her plans will never, never please everyone. Whatever he or she champions will be criticized by a percentage of the population and the media. To be effective, to be successful, on October 25th, the winners absolutely need the courage of their convictions. Now, I could go on about uh, my mayor and council leadership beliefs. Um, I just read a new book that I will encourage them to read, and it's called The Intangibles of Leadership by Richard, Dr. Richard Davis. Davis goes beyond Tishy's four pillars and outlines the 10 qualities of superior executive performance. In his book, he makes a real case for will, integrity, social justice, pardon me, social judgment, fortitude, failability, and five other qualities. Definitely a good read and a book that I plan to send to all newly elected members of City Council after October 25th. Okay, enough about what I'm looking for in a candidate. Importantly, and the real message of this speech, just as how is Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment going to help the new mayor and the new city council be city builders? At MLSE, we have a very simple 18-word vision and values. Our clear vision is to win. In other words, to be a winning organization on and off the playing field. Well, admittedly, and you all know that we have our work cut out for us on the ice, court, and pitch. But we are definitely an international sports entertainment leader off the playing field. One of our four core values to be leaders in the community. As you know, MLSE makes money. The MLS team is very, very proud of that fact. Healthy products are a critical outcome for all successful long-term companies. And we are very proud of the fact that our owners, our board, encourage us to annually invest a significant amount of money back in Toronto. About $1 billion since MLSE was created over 10 years ago. Despite what you have heard about our owner's commitment to winning, you should know that they've invested every dollar earned in trying to make MLSE a winner while growing the company at the same time. From new businesses, capital investments and facilities to all the necessary resources our general managers need to community initiatives, every dollar has been invested to ensuring the long-term health of MLSE on and off the playing field. Accordingly, MLSE will continue to be a Toronto city builder with four ongoing city builder strategies. Partnerships, capital investments, fitness initiatives, and major events. First of all, let me talk about public and private partnerships. 
MLSE has already entered into four major partnerships with the city. The first was Rico Coliseum. After the roadrunners of the NHL team folded, the team was stuck with a recently renovated arena with no major tenant and a huge multi-million dollar financial funding shortfall. MLSE stepped up by moving the Marlies to Toronto and today leases that arena for $3.8 million a year. I can tell you, some of my board members are here, that is not the best deal I've made while CEO of, of Maple Leaf Sports. The annual $3.8 million lease cost we pay is almost four times the average in the AHL. And a combination of lower attendance and planned and the very expensive lease cost us, it causes us to lose money on this venture. However, today Brian Burke and his team are using Rico and the Marlies better to develop future Leafs and the city really respects the way we have stepped up to solve their financial problem. The second major partnership was BMO Field. Built on budget and on time by Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment, it has attracted worldwide attention for its events, its sellouts and its rabid TFC fans. It has also been a profitable Toronto MLSE partnership every year to a, after the first three years to a total of $2 million, a return on investment for the City of Toronto managed by MLSE. And 2010, when we finish this year, it will be profitable as well. Next up was the MasterCard Centre in Etobicoke. Up until the MasterCard Centre four pad uh, was built, Toronto had not built a new arena since 1982. Now MLSE never did contribute funds to the construction costs of the arena itself, but by signing a long-term lease and selling the title to MasterCard for the Lions Club, the city was able to get financing to make sure that arena happened. Today, the four rinks are in constant use by the community. The NHL just recently used the facility to test out a numerous rule, possible rule changes for this coming season. And the MasterCard Center is arguably the finest hockey factory training center in the world. And the best of all, it's in Toronto. The most recent MLSE city partnership investment had a number of pieces to it. A state-of-the-art grass field into BMO Field. Soon a new $800,000 field turf soccer pitch is going to Lakeshore Collegian. Next to it, Lakeshore Collegian. And the BMO Field bu bubble was moved to Lamport Field so that Lamport can be an all-year-round facility. All in all, a $5.5 million investment by MLSE. What did Toronto receive? At no cost to the taxpayers. An authentic, natural grass, soccer-specific stadium. A new community soccer pitch and a better utilized Lamport Stadium. And by the way, the new Lamport bubble last winter earned the city and MLSE a nice incremental $119,000 in its first winter of operation. Now I have told you about these four partnerships to clear up any media misconceptions and distortion, but also importantly to prove that partnerships work. Some politicians, citizens and media are negative about public-private partnerships. Rest assured if they are strategic, well thought out and fair to both sides, they can definitely work for both parties. In that same mayor's report, the committee stated their belief that no one agency or group acting alone will cause Toronto to have significant long-term success. They strongly believe that by having good partnerships, that will be one of the foundations for Toronto's long-term economic success. Going forward, MLSE is committed to community partnerships. A couple of months ago, we put out a request for proposal to create the finest soccer 
academy and training facility in all of North America. I can tell you the response to that RFP has been terrific with over 30 parties requesting information and over 10 making actual presentations. Today we have knocked down the shortlist to five and Toronto is in tough with the likes of Vaughan, Mississauga and Milton. It will be interesting to see how the new City Council responds to this initiative. City building strategy number two, capital investments. As I said earlier, MLSE invests its profits back in the business. We strongly believe that standing still is, is not an option for any company or any government. You have to grow to survive. Accordingly, our, progress, our progressive focus is on fans, teams, facilities, and new businesses. While having solid financial controls is critical, and believe me, we have them in MLSE, cost-cutting is not growth. Ongoing cost cuts ultimately result in poorer quality, reduced service, and an inferior workforce. On the other hand, increased productivity, high service levels, and a motivated workforce are absolutely critical. And at MLSE, we have all of those with both our salaried and union staff alike. And yes, this helps us generate healthy financial results, but also it helps us attract and retain the very best people in the business. And it makes our board willing to give us the funds to make major long-term investments. In the last five years, MLSE has invested in three major Toronto projects that created thousands of jobs, we pay taxes, have had a major economic impact on the city, and raised both international awareness and interest in Toronto. From the $265 million construction of Air Canada Centre to the $48 million expansion and revitalization of Air Canada Centre just this last year, to the final $18 million that got BMO Field built four years ago, to the $500 million-plus Maple Leaf Square. We have invested in successful projects. If you haven't experienced a soccer game at BMO Field, tried our signature cheeseburger, spring rolls at Real Sports Bar and Grill, just voted the number one sports bar in North America by ESPN, or watched a game on our 50 by 30 outdoor video board in Maple Leaf Square, you have not experienced the world-class innovation we have brought to Toronto. And our city building investment is not going to stop. Our soccer academy will be up and running in less than two years. We have a wait list of 19,000, so we need to really look hard at expanding BMO Field to 30,000 seats. And our strate strategic plan includes some exciting other new initiatives that you will hear about in the future. MLSE believes in Toronto. And if the initiatives we are looking at are good for our fans, for Torontonians, and are fiscally responsible, you will see many more city builder investments from us. City builder strategy number three, fitness initiatives. Child obesity and problem neighborhoods have been well documented in Toronto. Today, sports more than ever can be used to focus attention on issues and exchange dialogue. With four sports, we believe we can help address the obesity health crisis. And with our facilities and clinics, we believe we can provide to kids a leadership role model to help them correctly focus their lives. MLSE and its Team Up Foundation, headed by Bruce Kidd, absolutely believes in changing lives through the spirit and the power of sports. The Team Up Foundation's purpose is to improve the lives of youth through building recreational facilities, giving to sustainable programs, and empowering youth through sports and recognition and recreation. Unfortunately today, many fitness and community facilities 
are in a terrible state of repair, disrepair. Our infrastructure investment has not kept up with the growth or the, in certain neighborhoods. Since 2006, MLSE has refurbished 22 courts, rinks, and soccer pitches in Toronto, 22 facilities costing $1.9 million. This year alone, we will spend almost a million dollars on four rinks, two courts, and one pitch. I encourage all new councillors to let us know, make a case for what the needs they have in their ward. We definitely can't fix every hockey rink or build every neighbourhood a new soccer pitch or basketball court, but we are committed to doing our best. We also have very close relationships with the different national sports organisations to help grow the sports while at the same time encouraging a big jump in youth participation. $500,000 a year we started committing to Basketball Canada this year. We work closely with Hockey Canada to get rinks refurbished to make sure hockey doesn't get left behind with the changing demographics in Canada. Importantly, we're also studying how we can help women's hockey development. Our gold medal team deserves that. Working, thank you, <laughs> thank you from them. Uh, working with the Canadian Soccer Association to develop more and better soccer players so Canada can compete and improve on its 103 world ranking. And the Ontario Soccer Association, where we operate a play soccer grassroots pro program. So whether it's our new or improved facilities, our clinics, or funding sports organizations, MLSE is committed to today's youth because a youth engaged in sports is fitter, better focused, and in other words, a better future citizen of Toronto. And finally, strategy number four, major events. We have and will continue to bring major events to Toronto. Now you may say events, that isn't really a city builder strategy. Well, I beg to, give, to differ. Just look at what's going on in Toronto right now. The 35th annual Toronto Film Festival. In addition to generating major positive international awareness for Toronto, TIFF is reportedly generating $170 million in economic impact. An impressive number. MLSE has done its part with major events as well. The NHL All-Star Game in 2000. The World Cup of Hockey in 2004, which we won. F F uh, FIFA Under-20 World Cup in 2007. The MLS All-Star Game in 2008. The Major League Soccer Championship Game this November. And the Junos this spring plus about 60 live concerts every year, where fans come from far and wide to see Paul McCartney, Lady Gaga, and more recently, Justin Bieber. We are also talking to the NHL right now about having the draft in Toronto, another all-star game, and hopefully if we can expand BMO Field, the NHL Outdoor Classic at BMO Field. We are also actively talking to the Pan Am Games and the Grey Cup 2012 people to see if we can help them maximize their awareness and economic impact and make their events very successful. Big citywide, internationally followed events are important to Toronto. That Real Madrid game we had a year and a half ago had worldwide TV audiences. That's something like a million eight in Spain watched it alone. Toronto can't afford to buy that type of international exposure. So that's it. That's our four city builder strategies. That's how we are prepared to work closely with the new mayor and the new council in Toronto. Maple Leaf Sports Entertainment is really blessed to be located here in Toronto. We have outstanding hockey, basketball, and soccer fans. We have strong, strong corporate support. We have lots of media coverage. Some of it's even good. 
We absolutely need Toronto to be healthy and successful for us to be healthy and successful. So our vision for Toronto is an innovative, vibrant, diverse, and financially sound Toronto. And you can count on us to do more than our part to help Toronto realize its dream. Thank you very much. I'd like to call John Capobianco, immediate past president of the Canadian Club, to the podium. Thank you, Nick. And congratulations, too, Nick, by the way, for your first official event as the president of the Canadian Club of Toronto. What a great event! So, <laughs> wish you much success. Richard, thank you very much. It's been a pleasure to have you with us today. We couldn't have had a better speaker to kick off our season. Giant oak trees grow from tiny acorns, and it's wonderful to see that what Maple Leaf Sports and Entertainment has planted in Toronto communities is growing so well. Your vision and work to bring sports and better community facilities to areas that need them has made MLSE a model corporate citizen. Now your ideas about public-private partnerships could be the start of a whole new era in Toronto. All of us have a stake in your success and we all need to do our part to work with you to make it so. Today, many of us know you best for how you've managed professional sports in Toronto. But in years to come, I think you'll be remembered for how you've changed the playing field for an entire city. Thank you again for speaking to us today, and we wish you much success. Thank you. Big shoes to fill. Thank you, John. Thank you, Mr. Petty, and thank you once more to TD Securities for making this event possible. This concludes our television programming, which has been broadcast live on Rogers TV. We are grateful to Rogers TV and 680 News for their continuing promotion of Canadian Club of Toronto events. This meeting is now adjourned. <laughs>